can't help but add to that incredible advertisement for Reverb. Yeah, so seven out of my 18 grandchildren will be at Reverb. And if your child isn't going and they're between ages of sixth grade and senior and high, do whatever you can, get them to Reverb. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to meet them, change them, send them on their way. It's, it's like, I love reverb. So uh, we have a table out there. Get out there, sign up. And if money is an issue, let us know. We'll accommodate you in some way. Okay. So, all right. Well, I personally love snow. I love it. I love walking in it. I love looking at it. I mean, I mean, I don't actually ever do any of the shoveling or any of the blowing, you know, or any of the de-icing, and I certainly am way past, you know, the 30-minute purgatory of putting on children's snowsuits and boots, you know, that last for 10 minutes outside, yeah. Uh, but I love snow. And one of the things I love most and did, you know, over the past three days, when I look at it, it reminds me of a childhood hymn called Whiter Than Snow. I know I'm probably dating myself, but a few of you would know this hymn. Lord Jesus, I long to be perfectly whole. Now wash me and make me whiter than snow. Whiter than snow, whiter than snow. The reason I love that hymn, especially now, is I spent a lot of my Christian life up until like the last 10 years not really believing that, not actually knowing how that happens. I mean, I was a believer, but I thought I was like half sinner, half saint. I had to do, you know, continue to work hard to clean myself up. But the amazing truth of the scripture is Jesus has taken all of our sin, past, present, and future. And he's already made us perfectly whole by his shed blood and his sacrifice at Calvary. Now, Walking in that reality, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing, right? So we need a community of people. You know, we definitely need the Holy Spirit, right? And we need God's word, which brings me to our current message series called Wholehearted, where we're digging into the letter of James, five short chapters, but they're jam-packed with wisdom. And it's wisdom how to live as a wholehearted disciple of Jesus. And so it's very practical. And it's very, very powerful. And so today we're going to take you know, another look at what James has to say about being that wholehearted disciple. And I'm so thankful Jesus has washed me whiter than snow. Though my sins be as scarlet, I will make them like snow, he says. So good. So James is very, very concerned about one thing, and that is that we don't just listen to God's word or read God's word, but that we actually do it. We live it. And so in the very first chapter, he says this in verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. That's serious. And he repeats this quite a few times that apparently we are subject to self-deception. Well, that's no secret because we have an enemy, Satan, whose name is deceiver. Yeah. 
And if he can get us deceived, you know, he's won more than half the game. No, I don't want to live in deception. I don't want to fool myself. I want to be a person who doesn't just listen to God's word, although I'm thankful you're all here or online today. I want to be one who lives God's word. Again, in the power of the Holy Spirit with that whiter than snow heart that he's given me. So let's pray. Father, everything we need <laughs> and so we welcome you today Holy Spirit you do an amazing job of magnifying Jesus among us so open the word speak to our hearts our minds you know what we need bring that transformation we long for we want to be wholehearted disciples in your name we pray amen well, we're going to be in chapter three today, and James has a really important and powerful key that he tells us is the absolute key to our perfection. Now, we've pointed out several times, don't be thrown you know, uh, by that word perfection, because as it's used in the Bible, it simply means mature or whole, complete, integrated, okay? not. Uh, without failure or, you know, not without mistake, okay? So James is going to give us the key to maturity today. And he says, doing this one thing will empower you to actually control your entire being. Well, that's got my interest. I mean, we're all human, right? And there's some areas of our lives that are out of control. <laughs> you know, whether that's spending or eating or drinking or relationships or sleeping, I don't know what's out of control. But we need, what is the key to controlling our entire being? Is that actually possible? Well, over 40 years ago, Happy and I first heard this important key, and I'm here to tell you some 40 years later, we discovered, with the Holy Spirit's help, please know that I'm never talking about self-help or self-effort, our entire life was radically changed. Our prayer life, our family life, our relationships, our finances, our health, our ministry, this key is incredibly powerful. Now, we now, again, by God's grace and lots of Holy Spirit help, we have a healthy, mature control in our whole life. Now, do you want to know what that key is? <laughs> okay, so this, the scripture is actually going to be on the screen, and I'm going to play a little game with you, okay? And we're going to read the scripture and there's going to be a blank. And I want you, as you sit there, just think, how would I fill in that blank? You know, you don't have to shout it out or anything. I mean, I suppose you could, but uh, it's more like, okay, how would I answer this? So I'm gonna be in James and I'm in chapter three. And this is verse two. He says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. Yay, <laughs> for authenticity, right? For if we could blank, we would be perfect. Not failure-free, but we'd be mature. And could also control ourselves in every other way. So James seems to indicate there's some sort of key to our maturity, our wholeheartedness, our perfection that empowers us to actually control ourselves in every other way. 
And so, I mean, like off the top of my head, I'm thinking, oh, if we could be filled with the Spirit over and over again, you know, if we could pray continuously, if we really knew our Bible, you know, there's lots of ways we might fill in uh, that blank. But let's go ahead and actually read it now with that blank filled in, and you'll see what that key is. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, <laughs> we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. That's it. <laughs> That's what empowers us to control ourselves in every other way. Control our tongues, and we have control over our lives. Control our tongues, and we are mature. I like to say it this way. Shut up if you want to grow up. Yeah, it's memorable. I don't know that it's actually the greatest statement, but um, in the News Gazette newspaper, Happy and I still get that. There is a column I like to read on Wednesday, and it's, it's by an Amish woman named Millie Otto, and actually two of her sisters are part of our church. And she often has little pithy sayings, and this week, or two weeks ago, she had this. The ability to speak several languages is an asset, but to keep your mouth shut in one is priceless. <laughs> I thought she captured what James had to say. I like to say it this way. Control what we say, have control in every way. Watch your words, watch your life flourish. Wholehearted speech equals wholehearted life. Okay. Now, James is going to give us another warning. This was already back again in chapter one where he said, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are, there we go again, fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. I mean, he's basically saying again, you can claim to be this awesome believer, you know, I don't, you might post it online or you might make it a reel or a TikTok. I don't know what all you kids do these days, but anyway, but if you don't control your tongue, your Christianity is worthless. It's worthless. Our tongues tattle on us. <laughs> they tell who we really are. Of course, Jesus spent a lot of time reiterating that truth all throughout the Gospels. And now James, who's Jesus' half-brother, simply picking up on this truth. And in our culture, I don't have to convince you about how rampant negative speech is. You know, whether it's hate speech, it's anger, it's complaining, it's grumbling, it's, uh, I mean, it's gossip, it's slander, it's all over. In conversations we have, in words we speak, in stuff we post on social media, uh, there's no maturity showing. Our, our tongues tattle on us. We're a bunch of babies crawling, right? No maturity there. And I might add bawling, okay? Control our tongue. Watch your words, watch your life flourish. So, okay, James doesn't want us to be a fool. So he's going to really, you know, he does this. He doesn't mince words. It's, it's nitty-gritty. And this isn't going to really be all that encouraging, this next part. But hang with me, because I'm going to end with a very strong and powerful solution that Happy and I learned, okay, how we learned this and how it's changed our life. So, I'm going to go to James 3 again, starting now with chapter 1, and 
there's going to be five lessons uh, that he's going to, in these like 12 or 13 short scriptures, he's going to give us. So um, it's going to be up on the screen. You can just follow along there. This is from the New Living Translation. James 3, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Now, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. It's pretty clear. There's some great word pictures in there. Don't be fooled, right? This is heavy stuff. So what did we learn? Well, I think all of us need to go on voice rest. Like, huh? Well, it's what it means. Just rest your voice. Now, you may have never heard of it. It's actually a layman family tradition. And in the layman family, we say to someone who is, you know, being too negative or using the wrong words, or it's just, we say you have to go on voice rest. You're actually not allowed to speak. We have occasionally even gotten out the duct tape. Don't tell DCFS that. Okay. Now, the person who generally gets put on voice rest is none other than Papa Hap. Yep, there he is. Now, he knows I'm telling this. He knows it's true. Now, the... the Okay, you guys know, we have 18 grandkids. Okay, they're, they're all at our house. And they're running, and doors are being left open, and there's Papa. Are you born in a barn? Are you brain dead? Now, this does not exactly contribute to family harmony. And we say this is actually a very anxious presence, and he needs to go on voice rest. He's not allowed to speak. Now, he has been a really good student. And honey, I don't think we've put you on voice rest for a long time. And I'm really proud of you. Yeah, and so is the rest of the family. So, yes, you can give him a hand. Yeah. Okay, enough of that. Let's get serious, okay? <laughs> Although that is serious. James has five lessons for us. All right, let's just go through. He's, you know, give us some bad news, some good news, but I'm going to end with good news today. All right. Number one, teachers beware. 
Now this specifically, he's talking to teachers in the church. So that would be me and Hap and Julie and Mike and, you know, Daniel and Leah. I mean, he's saying, beware. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. I want you to know we take this seriously. We do. And we have a lot of voices coming in our ears. You know, whether that's podcasts or teachers or just people. And we say, Holy Spirit, we need you. You lead and guide us into all truth. Keep us from the evil one. And there have been times we've gone too far this way, times we've gone too far that way, too far that way. And the Holy Spirit has had to correct us. And I hope you know this, that we are freely admitting when we get things wrong and asking for your forgiveness. But pray for us, okay? We will be judged more strictly. I don't actually know what that means, except we will be judged more strictly, okay? And I think that's, that's serious, okay? I take it very, very seriously. Okay, number two, control our speech, control our life. Well, that's the one we've been chatting about already. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. In other words, watch your words, watch your life flourish. It's motivation, really, to have wholehearted speech. Now, here comes the bad news. Number three, the tongue is extremely powerful and destructive. Most of you already know that. I don't actually have to convince you of that. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing, but it can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. There's different thoughts about what that word actually means there. But the reality is, Satan is a deceiver. He wants to destroy. He's the destroyer. He wants to set our tongues on fire that ruin not only our our lives, but the lives of those around us and in our relationships. And he's saying, like, "This this is serious. And many of you know the statistics of what's happening with bullying, like online, and people taking their own lives because of that. Uh, There's, like, so many instances. And uh, this has such power uh, to ruin lives. You know, uh, we do a lot of prayer with people who have not been able to have children, and, you know, we're asking for healing from God, and it, it often isn't just a be healed in Jesus' name. No, the Holy Spirit has to guide our prayer, show us, like, wh- what's going on here? And uh, one it, uh, story uh, not that long ago, we were praying for uh, a woman, and we asked, can, did the, is the Holy Spirit showing you anything? And she said, well, I can hear my mother's voice. And she is saying to me, you will be a terrible mother. You should never have children. Of course, her mother was a terrible mother, okay? And so she was cursing her own daughter. Well, believe it or not, that took root in her, Okay. Thankfully, in the name of Jesus, you can break the power of those words and release the blessing that God says, no, I bless your womb. I bless you with a child. And by the way, she is pregnant. So it's not always that easy or that simple, but my point is words have power. And you know that. You've experienced it. Maybe you've even spoken some. Now, let's go on. Number four, the tongue cannot be tamed but no one can tame the tongue it is restless and evil full of deadly poison 
Okay, that's discouraging. All right. <laughs> no one, but with God, all things are possible. I mean, that's the gospel. The gospel is I cannot, he can. <laughs> okay. So anytime it's like, nobody can do that. Oh, you're in a good place. Because now you can access the living Lord to empower you to live the way that he says. Okay. Number five. Our words damage others. He's kind of repeating himself, but they also damn ourselves. So we know about the damage that they're doing to other people. And James is so clear, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. And then he's actually echoing Jesus' teaching that says, you're going to know a tree by its fruit. I mean, out of an evil tree, there's going to be evil fruit. Out of a wicked heart, it's going to come wicked words. And so he says, again, you might be damaging others, which you are, but you're damning yourself. You are revealing who you really are. Okay. I'm just going to do a quick aside here. You know, he says we curse those made in the image of God. You know, which, again, that's not right. And we had an awesome message from Leah about seeing each person made in the image of God. But I want to just talk for a minute. Like, what has happened among Christians that there's just rampant cursing? Now, I might be an old fuddy-duddy. I'm not the one who wrote the scriptures where Paul writes, let no filthy talk come out of your mouth. I, I, I'm just stunned. I was at a gathering of women, and this was in California a couple of months ago, all Christians, Christian leaders, and you know, we're sharing different things. And I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I couldn't believe the words. I'm like, am I watching Netflix or what? This should not be. We're to be reflecting the whiteness of our soul. We're to be showing the world who Jesus is. Let not that come forth out of our mouth. Don't be fooled. Well, James is clear. If you don't control your speech, your faith is worthless, your growth is stunted. So. Watch your words, and you can watch your life flourish, but how? Well, this is the good news, okay? As I said, when Hap and I first learned this truth over 40 years ago, the truth of the power of our words, the need to control our tongues, by the Holy Spirit's help, everything changed in our life, radically changed our health, our finances, our prayer life, our ministry, our leadership, our, our family, everything, everything changed. It's been that, that powerful. And it was the positive power of words with the Holy Spirit's help. Now, James talks a lot here about the negativity. But in 1979, Happy and I, uh, bought a book by a man named Kenneth Hagen. And this book was, You Can Have What You Say. And it's based on Jesus' teachings all throughout the Gospels, but primarily in uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, 
Jesus is teaching a very powerful truth about the power of our words. And he says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Wow. Like, okay. Now, this is not some magic formula. And it's been totally abused and mistaught. You know, confess, possess. Blab it, grab it. It's, yeah. But that's, no, it's, it's true what Jesus has to say. He's teaching us an incredibly important truth about the power of words and the positive power of words in the kingdom of God. Think for me a moment. How was the whole world created? God said, let there be light. God said, let the oceans fill with fish. God spoke. And all throughout the scriptures, there's hundreds of scriptures that try to convince us both by example and by direct instruction, there is incredible power in our words. Now, do I understand that? Like, do I understand the physics of it? You know, like when I speak something, you know, I don't get it, I just believe it. That words are powerful, so powerful, both positive and negative. And of course we see this modeled all throughout Jesus' ministry, right? Everywhere Jesus went, he spoke, okay, be healed, and the lame walked. Eyes open, the blind saw. Be free, the demons fled. Go in peace, sins forgiven. See, power of words, wow. And, you know, if you need just one text, Solomon summarizes it beautifully for us in Proverbs. He says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. I'm telling you, they are tasty. <laughs> the fruit. I'm gonna just share quickly three amazing ways that our life changed when we heard this truth. You can have what you say. Again, please don't hear me say this is some magic chant. You know, let's just go around and say, money cometh. You know, or some stupid thing like that. No, no, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I want you to know when Happy and I took seriously that whatever things we ask when we pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them, we, it totally changed our prayer life. It totally changed the words we used. We stopped grumbling and complaining, oh God, oh God, please help, please help. I'm like, no, Lord, we know you're a healer. We know you're a provider. We know you're a protector. It changed our entire prayer life. And the thing that did the most to correct our tongues was nothing other than the word of God. When we could speak out, when we were struggling, when all the words spoken by the medical professions was, you will never have a child, your entire reproductive system is messed up, and I bought into it. Yes, I know, I can't. No, it's impossible. No. Instead, I picked up God's word, Psalm 113.9, God makes the barren woman to keep house. I usually skip that part. Be the joyful mother of children. 
okay? And we did this in every area of our life. God, you will supply all our needs according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Please don't hear me say this was some magic formula. You see, when you speak God's word, faith rises in your heart. Faith in the goodness of God, faith in the character of God, faith in the love of God. And that's exactly what happened. So prayer life changed, health changed, finances changed, and then it changed our entire ministry and leadership. Okay, so the Lord got on me. Uh, and and we, we couldn't figure out why, you know, we didn't see more, you know, healing or more miracles or, and more. He said, well, you know what? If you're going to use your mouth negatively, you know, whether it's complaining about HAP or, you know, yelling at the children or, you know, which we have a lot to learn in this area. He said, then, you know, I can't trust you to speak in Jesus' name be healed. I can't trust you to prophesy, thus saith the Lord. So there's a direct uh, connection. You want to grow in your ministry? Watch your words, watch your life flourish. Yes, absolutely. So then it changed our household. You see, we made a commitment. Now, we failed a lot. No longer would we allow negative things spoken, evil things spoken, Filthy things spoken? No, no more. This is a parenting tip, folks. Okay, this is a parenting tip. No more whining. No more complaining. I don't like it. You're a mean mom. I hate you. The stuff coming out of kids' mouths is pathetic. Now, did it come out of my kids' mouth? Yes. And I was not... Okay, I'll just tell you. I did wash a few mouths out with soap. Now, I'm not recommending that. It did work, but I'm not recommending it. I'm not, I'm not recommending it. I'm not recommending it. No. We made a commitment. We will bless and not curse, starting with the family members. And then in a church full of messy people, folks, that's not easy. I will repeat that. Bless, not curse, in a church full of messy people. That's all of us. We will bless and not curse, as James told us. We made tons of mistakes. I struggled, yeah, I've struggled. I've struggled with a lot of things. I, I had a very bad habit of gossip. And, you know, again, Solomon says, oh, the words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Isn't gossip delicious? Oh, but we always say, hey, you need to pray for brother and sister Smith, you know. Their marriage is struggling, like, no, no, no. And we're all about being authentic here, but that's gossiping, slandering, and I've had to repent. You know, I'm not a Matrix fan. I don't watch movies, uh, fantasy movies, or whatever category that's in, but I did see an interesting quote from the latest Matrix movie. Nothing travels faster than light except gossip. Ooh, he's on to something, whatever his name is. Yeah, so... No, it was difficult. This doesn't happen overnight. Happy and I had to remind one another. We had to remind the children. And I was desperate for a way like to like, put the fear of God in kids. I made a lot of mistakes as a parent, okay? Most of them, they've forgiven me. Not all. But this one, I was so tired of the kids, yeah, some of the words they were using. I said, do you want to know what Jesus says? Right here. Jesus says, on the day of judgment... 
People will give account for every careless word they speak, or by your words you'll be justified. By your words you'll be condemned. Oh, okay, Mom. Well, that's not exactly what that means. You see, it, it is what it means, but it's not the way I was using it, you know, to motivate my kids to speak good. Actually, we know what it means because Paul tells us in Romans 10, how do we receive salvation? How do we go from darkness to light? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one confesses. That's serious business. What's our solution? I want us to watch our words. I want you to watch your life flourish. I, I know how difficult this is, and I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful. You know, this is... Again, kind of an aside, but I didn't know this truth, you know, for like the first five, six years of our life as a Christian. But when Happy and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we got filled with the presence of God and empowered to live differently, do you know what the initial sign of that is? Speaking in tongues. It's a language you don't know. It's a God influence taking over your speech so you can speak to God. You can pray prayers that are powerful. I don't understand all the connection, but I think it's significant that the initial sign that you've been baptized in the spirit is speaking in tongues all throughout the scripture. You know, we don't say you have to do that. I'm just saying it's supported by scripture. Now we want wholehearted speech. And for some of us, it might just be, start with that Romans 10. You need to actually receive Jesus as Lord, confess him as Lord. And that's why I want to invite you to Alpha. Because in Alpha, you'll have a chance to ask all your questions. You'll have a chance to take your time. You'll be respected and honored. No question is stupid in Alpha. So that you can take 10 weeks to decide, do I believe in my heart? And do I confess with my mouth? But then for a lot of us, it's just going to require, I believe, and we'll do this during ministry time, some repentance today. And a, a, acknowledging where we've blown it. And, you know, we haven't really believed in the power of words. And we need to make a fresh start with the Holy Spirit's help. And he's more than willing. He's more than willing to help us stop the negativity all the other junk, and to start speaking blessings, confessing his word. A prayer I pray almost every day, and I'll close with this. David wrote this in Psalm 19. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And that is our prayer, Lord. I want the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be pleasing. I want you to be able to trust all of us to speak your word, to speak your blessing. So thank you. And as we enter worship now and sing your words, Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your cleansing. I thank you for a fresh start that we can now watch our words and watch our life flourish in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. And so you can stand and get ready to use your words to praise God. Okay? And they have a wonderful set. And then I'll come back up and we'll minister.